Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas. I'm a fifth degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a certified high-performance coach, and the founder of the BJJ Mental Coach Movement. Let me tell you this. Over my 20-plus years of coaching, I've had the privilege of coaching many successful competitors, including at the highest levels in BJJ and MMA. And one thing I can assure you is the mindset is everything because you may have amazing skills, great conditioning, awesome strategies, but if you're not mentally prepared to transfer all your hard work from the academy to the competition, you will not be able to perform to the best of your abilities and be your true self on a mat. The idea behind the BGG Mental Coach Movement was to create a program designed to help you to discover what negative patterns that might be holding you back from being your authentic self on a mat and how to deal with the issue. And the cool thing is that consequently, it will reflect off the mat as well in your personal and professional life. In this podcast, we go there, we go beyond the mat. This podcast is dedicated to a selective group of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and or aspiring entrepreneurs who train jiu-jitsu and want to take their mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat. Every Monday, our guests who also happen to train jiu-jitsu will share with you their failures, their successes, the mindset and habits of successful high performers, plus provide valuable content on entrepreneurship, personal development, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey. And our mission is to inspire you, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, an entrepreneur, or aspiring entrepreneur to take your mindset to an even higher level to consistently accept and embrace new challenges in your life and to consistently pursue your journey of becoming the best version of yourself. So if you are committed to growing, evolving, not only as a business person, as a BJJ practitioner, but also as a human being, the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is for you. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free jiu-jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults and impoverished communities, helping to keep them away from drugs and crime and to inspire them to pursue their goals and dreams. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, geese, and tournament registrations. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donates all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org. Is www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Tim Crater. Tim is a third-degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and a successful entrepreneur. Tim began his lifelong journey martial arts by accompanying his father to the Lafayette Boxing Club at the age of five. In 1995, at the age of 17, Tim joined the Navy and was stationed in San Diego. He started training in 1996 and earned his black belt from Rodrigo Medeiros in 2005. Tim, along with being the highest-ranked BJJ practitioner in the state of Louisiana, is the first person from Louisiana to earn their black belt in jiu-jitsu. In 2001, Tim began his MMA career, which led to the appearance on the Ultimate Fighter in 2008. He currently owns and operates multiple businesses, including the Gladiators Academy and I Love Kickboxing, in Lafayette, Louisiana. Tim, how are you? Gustavo, I am amazing. I really appreciate that kind welcoming. I am super excited to be on your podcast. I've been watching you on the mats since I was a young man, so it's an honor to be here. Thank you very much. Awesome. Let's start just sharing how, how jiu-jitsu came to your life. So, uh, my father was a boxer. Uh, my father and I, we didn't really watch football or basketball or baseball. It really wasn't his thing. He was a boxer. 
put me in martial arts. I wrestled as a kid. Um, by trade, my father was a chef, um, but he had a heavy combat sports background his whole life. Uh, he did martial arts. I have pictures of him when he's like, you know, 11 years old doing karate demonstrations, mm. and he was just all into it, you know? Uh, so I remember, though, the big – my father and I never really watched the Super Bowl or anything like that together. But when Mike Tyson fought, I mean, like, all the guys from the, from the restaurant came over. There was 100 people at my house. It was a big deal. And uh, I started working in my dad's restaurants at a young age, maybe 10 or 11. I was serving bread and boiling crawfish and uh, washing dishes. And so I was really good friends with all these guys. And I saw how hard they worked. They worked till 3 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, a lot of these guys were, you know, from all around the world. Like my dad had some guys from Africa that worked from, with us from Nigeria and from uh, Ecuador and from all over the world. And so I got to meet a people from a lot of cultures and they were really hard workers. And I watched them really slave away in my dad's restaurants. But when we got together and we watched fights, it was almost like I saw a different person. Like they would stand on the chairs and they would just go crazy. And I remember thinking like, man, this is like, this is an incredible sport. And it was a way that I got to experience manhood and friendship and spend time with my father that just kind of inspired me. And my, my dad and his friends were also boxers. So they never down talked any competitor. Like they were always very kind about the guy who won and the guy who lost and talked about. So there was never any bad talk or any bad mouthing of anybody. And I, sh I learned a lot of respect for the sport of boxing at an early age. My father put me in martial arts very young. And uh, I was lucky enough to train with a guy named Joanne Kona in New Orleans. We opened a restaurant in New Orleans. Joe puts on MMA shows still today. And he taught like hop keto mixed with judo and boxing. So he was kind of teaching us MMA when I was a little kid. I just didn't even really realize it. And um, one day my dad called me, <laughs> called me at my, my mother and father weren't together. My dad called me at my mom's house and he said, Timmy, you have to come over. I said, okay, what's, what's going on? He said, Saturday night, there's this show on TV and it's like a boxer versus a sumo guy. <laughs> there's some guy who looks terrifying and he's fighting a kickboxer. You got to come to my house and see this. And it was like 92 or 93. Mm -hmm. It was the first UFC. I was maybe 14 years old. And um, I made my mom bring me to this house. I was so excited. And we watched the UFC, the first UFC together in his living room. And we were dumbfounded like we were confused we were lost we couldn't believe that always gracie was doing this we thought it was a sham and uh anyway i started practicing jujitsu uh and ufc fighting in my backyard with my unsuspecting high school friends and showing them what a triangle choke was <laughs> what arm bars were and uh i just fell in love with jujitsu and you know my father and my mother were great but i really wanted to get out of there and find jujitsu and so I had a lot of great scholarships. I went to a good school, but I found the military and the Navy specifically could get me to San Diego, which I had found out through uh, MMA.TV that there were some jujitsu schools out there. And uh, that was my, the reason I joined the Navy. Wow. I joined the Navy and I found jujitsu about six months after, uh, uh, joining the Navy. Once I got to San Diego after boot camp, um, I found some jujitsu guys and I started training. And it's just been uh, a passion of my life ever since. You know, it really kind of sanded down a lot of rough edges in my life. I was a little bit wild of a kid mm -hmm. and I was a little bit angry. And of course, jujitsu kind of took a lot of that and quelled my ego and sanded down a lot of my rough edges. And you know, I owe jiu-jitsu a lot today. So that's really the, the, the core of my story. Uh, nice. And I'm still doing jiu-jitsu and teaching people jiu-jitsu today. For the listeners who are new to the sport, Rodrigo Medeiros is a black belt from Carson Gracie Sr., great old-school black belt. Matter of fact, my instructor under Pedro was also promoted by Carson Gracie Sr. So it's amazing that you had access to him early 
in the United States. Now, how do you feel BJJ relate to life? You know, like, that's a good question. I was about to say this, but uh, you're right. You know, Rodrigo's an unbelievable jiu-jitsu practitioner, and I can never, ever say thank you enough for everything he's done for me. And, you know, meeting a guy like that early in my life and really having no idea who he was and, and what our relationship was going to be, I'll be honest that today, as a father of three and a husband and a business owner, the least of things that Rodrigo has ever given me was a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're a black belt under Rodrigo, but, you know, I am the father I am today because of Rodrigo, and I am the husband I am and the business owner I am and the man I am because of his influence in my life. He revolutionized uh, who I was as a person and the way I looked at the world. And a lot of that was because of he had an amazing father and I was at a place in my life where I was young and I needed a father figure. I was thousands of miles from my family and uh, he filled that role and he delivered in a way that I, you know, I, I'd have never, <laughs> I'd have never thought, you know, it just it was, an, it was an unbelievable guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, jujitsu has taught me more than anything, the value of struggle and adversity and suffering and difficulty and frustration and, you know, being overwhelmed and how valuable those times are and how embracing those times and learning the right lessons in those times has really created atmospheric success mm -hmm. in my life. Because in jiu-jitsu, you can't run from your weaknesses. They're going to keep coming up. You got to face them head on. You have to accept responsibility. You have to be honest with yourself. And you got to bite down on your mouthpiece and you got to focus. And uh, that microcosm of grappling and of jujitsu, sorry about that, has really taught me that's true yes, for life. Sir. It's true for relationships. It's true for business. It's true for parenting. It's true for husband-wife relationship. And uh, I feel like jujitsu on a lot of levels is a lesson in how to get good at anything. And over the course of my life, I've utilized the things I've learned in jujitsu in almost every hemisphere. And I've heard other athletes from other sports say that mm -hmm. similar thing. Uh, but for me, the lessons in jujitsu about not fighting directly and finding an angle on my opponent and finding an opportunity when maybe the direct route wasn't always the best way turned out to be a great way to Absolutely. do business. Uh, treating my training partners and the people who I'm competing against with a lot of respect and valuing them and appreciating them. Yes, there's a rivalry, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't be me without some of the guys who have submitted me in competition or beat me in fights. And some of the relationships I have with some of these people are some incredible relationships. And I noticed that similar attitude I have with some of my competitors in town. Uh, there's some of my students and there's some of my friends and yes, we have a healthy rivalry with business, but they push me to be a better me. They push me to be a better person. They push me to, and so some of the concepts I've learned in jujitsu have transcended jujitsu multiple times and created great success in my life off the mat and out of the cage. Uh, so I, I think, I think jujitsu transcends us. And when did you have that spark that you said, you know what, I'm going to do this for a living? Of course, at one point, you pursue your professional career, MMA. But as far as like having your business, having a school. So I, what I want to know is when, when did you have that spark? And how, how was your mindset back then when you had that idea? Because a lot of the listeners, sometimes they do have a vision. They do have that spark. But they, and suddenly they get overwhelmed with, with that climb. You're like, dude, my goal is so far on the top of the mountain. I don't even know how to start. I'm not even going to start, you know? And at one point you had that, that spark. 
and you started little by little. Didn't know exactly how we're going to do it, but you just had the feeling that, you know what, I'm going to do this. When was it and how was your mindset back then? You know, I have to give some credit to my parents. You know, they didn't have all the money in the world. And uh, don't get me wrong, they made their share of mistakes as parents or whatnot. But I was really lucky because my parents never told me I couldn't do stuff. I've heard other interviews, uh, like I was having a conversation with Bernardo Feria when he was at my academy for a couple days. And he said, you know, one of his brothers is a doctor. And one of his brothers mm-hmm. is a lawyer. And then he's doing jujitsu. <laughs> his parents were kind of always like, Bernardo, what are you doing? <laughs> like, we got a kid who's a doctor and we got a kid who's a lawyer. And then we got a guy wrestling around in pajamas. <clears throat> and so he kind of fought that struggle with his parents, you know? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And I, I was lucky enough to not ever have that struggle. And I don't know if maybe my parents just thought I was so nuts that I wasn't going to listen or they just really believed in me because no matter what crazy idea I gave my parents, they always just kind of looked at me and they were, they would just say, do it, man. We're proud of you. We believe you can do it. And looking back at my life, that, familial support, that um, belief in me, right? Mm -hmm. Believe and achieve. Like knowing people believed that I was going to make it to the UFC. I remember calling Rodrigo. I had moved out to Houston away from Southern California and I was fighting in MMA events. I moved back to Louisiana. I took a, a district manager job with Sprint Nextel and I was an executive and doing the corporate world and I had opened a jujitsu school. It was doing okay, but I was really corporate, you know, and I had a wife and all that. And one day I just went to work and said, you know what? I'm just not doing this anymore. I'm done. I turned in my computer and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm a, uh, I'm leaving. They were like, you come, when are you coming back? I was like, I'm not coming back. I'm quitting. Today. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't even give my two weeks, man. I put my, turned my computer in and I walked out and I called my wife and she was kind of freaking out. She thought I was crazy. Um, and I traveled a little bit. I did a bunch of seminars and I opened a school and I fought a bunch of times and I made up the difference. But when I told Rodrigo, Hey, I'm super passionate about this. I'm in love with this. This is what I'm going to do with my life. And I think I want to go fight in the UFC. His first words were, oh, my God, bro. I cannot believe. I'm so proud of you. Let's do it. I'd be corner you, bro. I'd be corner you. And I remember thinking, this guy, like, he thinks it's a great idea. Like, that's why I called him. He thinks this is a great idea. All my other friends would have told me I was insane. Go get that laptop. But my parents and Hydrino, um, they believed in me, man. And, uh, you know, about a year and a half later, I was on the ultimate fighter. I fought about six or seven times in that year and a half. Um, I was doing seminars. My school kind of took off. And so it worked. But I really think that the belief in myself and a support system that believed in me Mm -hmm. had a huge impact. Um, I I think if I'd have made those phone calls and got some different answers, probably changed the course of my life. So Mm -hmm. I think uh, surrounding yourself with a support system that's going to be proactive in pushing you to greatness is important uh, because I feel like it can be really tough to travel the country and do jujitsu and open a jujitsu school with no guarantee and no 401k program and no insurance if the people behind you are not in support of that uh, a little bit revolutionary idea. And I remember when you mentioned about being in the office and not being happy, there's something that for people who don't know, Gary Vaynerchuk, also Gary V, you can check him out. He's all over the internet uh, expert in digital media. People always ask him like, when is the time to pull the trigger? You know what I mean? 
because a lot of the listeners are in that transition that are like, dude, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm not satisfied. I'm not really getting any fulfillment. And he mentioned like, when you get that feeling that you feel suffocated, that you can't breathe anymore, you know, you got to That's exactly it. the way and, I felt. And, and you're, and you're, re- and you reach that point of like, dude, can't. Like there done. was a car parked on my chest. Like I couldn't be free. I couldn't breathe. And you know what? Looking back, this was my purpose. You know, I mean, speaking into the lives of people and opening businesses that edify my community and build children and adults into better people. That gives me a platform to speak about things I'm passionate about and things I believe in. Um, I just, I am so happy in my life. I'm so fulfilled in my life. I just can't imagine if I hadn't made that transition. And don't get me wrong, like it was difficult and it was a struggle, but um, worth it is doesn't begin to describe the life that I live now and how blessed I am. And so if you're out there and you're wondering and you're nervous and there's some anxiety and there's some fear to take that step, you got to give it a shot. We only get one life. You got to roll the dice. It's worth it. Even if it goes bad, it's worth knowing that you gave it that shot. It takes a lot of hard work. I work some 80-hour weeks. I work some 100-hour weeks. And when I say work, I mean I work from home a lot as well. I work at home on my computer. I'm mm-hmm. doing personal education. I'm listening to Joel Weldon. I'm, I'm, all, I'm listening to Brendan Burchard. It's all the time. Um, but my wife doesn't complain because she's seen a radical change in who I am, in the person I am, in the leader I am, in the father I am. And uh, – I encourage anyone, um, if you're thinking about taking that leap, do it. Believe it. So. Yeah. And for, for the listener at home, too, like Tim saying, like, if you get into that point that, you know, I'm not saying just like, all right, I'm done. You know, we need to have a plan exactly. Or what are you going to do? Not just, you know. Of course. Of course. You I had a plan. As Jim Rome used to say, work full time on your living, part time in your dream. And one day you're dream can really become the full-time of course you gotta you, you're gonna go through that transition you know uh slowly to to get i was reading uh damon john's book and he's talking before he he launched fubu he worked f- for five years at red lobster and said there's no way it would be able to be where i'm at today if i didn't go through those five years working there and all that stuff so i feel that people who are having you know Maybe in that feeling right now, they're like, man, I can't take it anymore. Just make sure you make the rational decision. Make that plan. Believe it. And as Tim said, at some point, some people maybe doubt you. But if in your heart that you feel that's your purpose, you got to go for it. And now just getting a little bit to the part that uh, more the, the entrepreneurial side that we were already talking about, but getting a little more specific. Not necessarily we do have a lot of jujitsu entrepreneurs who listen to podcasts, but of course you have a lot of other entrepreneurs who have jujitsu in their lives. But what do you feel that it's something that maybe there's a little bit of lack of consistency from entrepreneurs going on right now that you feel that you've been using, you've been, it's been helping your journey, been helping your personal professional life. What would you like to share? So, I think there's a misconception sometimes about uh, people like me that run non-traditional businesses and have a non-traditional life, you know, and the misconception is that, you know, maybe we wake up kind of when we want, we do whatever we want, and I live my life in flip-flops, which on some level, I do live my life in flip-flops. Hey, I just wanted to show you something, Gustavo, real quick. Look. Yes, oh sir. Goodness. He's wearing the BJJ Mental Coach t-shirt. <laughs> just couldn't. I could not do it. It's so amazing. In any case, um, this is something that I put into practice about, I would say, six or seven years ago. And it has revolutionized the course of my life. Um I saw a video about this the other day and 
you know, every, you talked about a lot of guys so far, you talked about Jim Rome, you talked about Gary Vaynerchuk, you talked about a lot of guys and there's something to add to all of those guys and every major successful um, entrepreneur that I have ever studied or um, met or had interviews with all did one thing the same. Now these are vastly different people and from vastly different backgrounds and run different kinds of companies. But every single guy I've ever met, they all get up early and they all have a morning ritual. Mm -hmm. Haven't met one guy that doesn't take advantage of their day, that doesn't have a system for starting, facing, and organizing their day. Um, and look, I, I like to sleep just like anybody else, but from Jocko Willink to Grant Cardone and every guy in between who's teaching about entrepreneurship, sales, business, they're all up at the crack of dawn. And there's a process that they use to get their mind and their body and their mentality and their mindset ready to face the day and be their best self every day. And I started using a morning ritual and waking up very early about six or seven years ago. And about six or seven years ago, I had one martial arts school with about a hundred students. Today, Gladiators Lafayette has about 400 students, a little more. I Love Kickboxing Youngsville has 500 students. Wow. We're opening I Love Kickboxing Lafayette. We have a dancing school with 400 students. We have a CrossFit. I franchise the Gladiators locations. There's three other Gladiators run by black belts of mine that I have interest in. All of that, like I'm a normal guy. I'm not a valedictorian, like no, sir. But a morning ritual has set my life into motion and organized my actions and my focus in a way that I would have never imagined. So I would like to, with your permission, go through five things that I do in my morning ritual and give those to your Absolutely. listeners to, I think they work and look, I've switched some things out over the years. I've moved some things around, but, these are the five things that I do every morning that prepare me for my day, my life, my marriage, fatherhood, and I do them before anyone in my home is awake. So sometimes I go into my businesses real early, sometimes 5.30 in the morning. So I need about an hour and a half to do this. So sometimes I wake up at 3.30, sometimes 3, sometimes 4, just depends. I need 90 minutes to get through my morning ritual. So whatever time I need to leave my house, I need to be up 90 minutes before that, mm -hmm. right? So my 90 minute ritual, the first thing that I do, right when I wake up, I wake up, I do a couple push-ups, I do a couple squats just to get my blood flowing. I go into my living room, I sit down on my couch, and I meditate for about 20 minutes. Um, a lot of people, when you say meditation, has some like religious connotations or some spiritual connotations or some, you know, mystical stuff. I don't meditate in any of those capacities. Mm -hmm. I meditate as a 40-year-old man with three kids, seven businesses, a lot of responsibilities, who needs to organize his thoughts and relax his mind for a couple minutes before the train leaves the station every day. And the ideas that come to my head, the organization that happens in my brain, the filing system that has been created. The clarity. The mindfulness, the clarity, the, the peacefulness. This practice of meditation has just changed everything. Now, there's an app called Headspace. Mm. 
I believe, on an iPhone that if you're not sure what meditation is, I tell people about Headspace because it's not connected to yoga or Buddhism or anything. It is a mindfulness uh, app, and I think it's free for 30 days or something, but it can teach you what meditation is. You know, since then, I've been to the Zazen temple, the, the, um, a Buddhist temple and a, a Zen temple in New Orleans, and I've learned better methods of, of meditation and of that practice. And that 20 minutes revitalizes me and builds my mind and my body to absorb at its maximum capacity the things that I'm going to do throughout the rest of my morning ritual so that I can be my best self when I leave that front door. My meditation practice is the gateway mm -hmm. to absorbing the best me through the rest of this process. So I meditate 20 minutes. I'm done. It's incredible. After that, the next thing that I do is I open my planner. I have a full-size, thick planner. I plan my day. Every hour, I time manage I'm serious about time manage. I have online products I'm building. I have staff at multiple locations. I have, I have a million things to do, a family. So Brendan Burchard says, if it's not in your calendar, it's not real. If you don't have it written down, it's not real. It's just in your imagination. It's not until I write things down and I commit to things that things become real. So every day I visit my planner, I look at my day, I understand my calls, I understand where I'm going today, who I'm meeting with, what I'm doing, I organize my life, I look at my week, I look at my month, I think about my goals. It takes me about 10 minutes and my day, my life, my week is planned out. I have some little tabs in there for bills that need to be paid or whatever, this process has almost completely removed stress from my life because I'm not late anywhere. I'm not worried about getting here. I'm not worried about forgetting this or did I forget my wife's birthday? Did I forget my wife's? Uh, I mean, I was notorious about forgetting holidays and I mean, I just forgot everything. I worked myself to death. This process changed all that. Like I buy my wife presents and it, it, she doesn't even remember. I have things marked down in my calendar about the day we met. That's like, awesome. And it, it's just, it's reinvigorated my marriage and reinvigorated our relationship. I don't forget my kids' birthdays. I don't forget my dad's birthday, my friend's birthday, instructors at my gym's birthday. I buy them presents. And it's given me the clarity to be the kind of person we all want to be. But if it's not written down and organized and planned, you can't expect yourself to stay on top of everything we have to do in our lives unless you're holding yourself accountable. And that's why I like pen mm -hmm. and paper. You know, I know calendars on iPhones, people like that, but I forget just as much Same when way, it's in my iPhone. I, I need when to I, write it down. When I open a book up and I write it down with a pen, I remember it. It's real. And, uh, you know, man, it's created a better relationship with my parents. Um, I don't forget anything to do with them. I've taken my mom on vacations and places, and it's really been a big thing in my life, this planner mm -hmm. thing, this organized life. Uh, and I notice a lot of jujitsu guys aren't big on that yep. tip. Organize and plan everything. It will make a radical difference in how much you can accomplish in a year compared to without organization and planning. And I'm not an organized guy from Jump Street. The next thing I do, as soon as I'm done planning and organizing, that takes me about 10 to 15 minutes. We're about 35 minutes in my 90 minute process. I read for 40 minutes and I go through various books. Um, I recently read Profit mm -hmm. First. It's a book about how to run your finances in your business just a little bit differently. Now, Profit First is about a 250-page book. Most people look at a book and they say, oh, it's going to take me forever. Yeah, you can't imagine how fast you can read a book if you spend 40 minutes a day, every day, dedicated to reading. 
I finish four or five books a month. A couple things happen. I got faster mm -hmm. at reading. I got more inspired to read. So when I get home at night and I eat dinner with my wife and kids, I kiss my kids, they go to bed and my wife wants to watch the real housewives of whatever horrendous city. And I just can't, I can't watch it. I feel like <laughs> it pollutes my brain. I go in the other room and I pull out a book that this morning I couldn't stop thinking about it all day. And I was so inspired by this book and I put another 30 or 40 minutes in, not because I'm forced to, but because forcing myself to engage in the practice of reading has actually yielded amazing results thought processes, ideas. It stimulated new businesses in my life. And so when I see that kind of results five or six years ago, I just kept the process going. I'm fascinated with reading now. I read all the time. No one's making me read. Sometimes people say, Tim, you read so much. Like, how do you make yourself read? My answer is I don't make myself read. If you think Netflix is amazing, wait till you start reading some Gary Vaynerchuk mm -hmm. books. Wait till you grab 10X by Grant Cardone. Wait till you get real crazy and grab Influence and Persuasion by uh, Robert Cialdini. These books have blown me away, like have it taught me things and shown me things that I didn't even know were possible. I didn't even know existed. Like um, reading has opened my eyes and I wasn't a big reader up until about six or seven mm -hmm. years ago. And now I'm nuts. I bought, I bought two more books the other day about parenting and running a, a modern happy family. And I can't wait till they come in. So reading 40 minutes, that's the third part of my morning ritual. And then the last the fourth thing, I do about a 20 to 25 minute kettlebell workout in my garage every morning. For those of you that are like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Like, what do you mean? Where, where do I, I don't even know where I find a workout. I do the easiest thing you can imagine. I joined this newsletter for this company called Kettlebell Kings. Mm -hmm. It's a company, Kettlebell Kings. And before that, I was just making up kettlebells. I was surfing the internet, trying to find all these workouts. Kettlebell Kings emails me a weekly workout every Sunday night. And I do that workout every single morning for seven days. When the next Sunday comes, they email me another free workout. I do that workout seven days. I need one kettlebell and 25, 20 to 25 minutes. I don't do a lot more than that. I don't, I run a little bit. I do a 20 minute kettlebell workout a day. Every once in a while, I do a little strength and conditioning at my facility and I'm super strong. I'm 40 years old and I'm in probably some of the best shape of my life other than maybe a couple fights, but that's debatable because I feel like when I look at those pictures, I look like I had a, 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 a cancer or an HIV. I was so skinny. I look like a fish. Look horrible. I can't say that I was healthy back then. But today I'm super strong. I'm wrestling with 20-year-old kids. I mean, I have wonderful cardio. I kickbox and boxing wrestle every day. And all I do is a 20-minute workout every day. I think that's what people miss is you don't got to go to the gym and smash mm -hmm. yourself. 20 minutes a day is incredible. Plus, I run about three times a week. But that 20-minute kettlebell workout, just the sweat the clarification, the mental fortitude, the experience, the endorphins that I feel. As soon as my workout's over, I make a green shake and I go in the bathroom for my last and final practice. I spend about 30 minutes on personal hygiene. I wash my face. I do a super shower with all types of my bad. With all types of soaps, I, I love taking a shower and cleaning myself. I brush my teeth for five minutes. I floss. I cut my eyebrows. I, I just take mm -hmm. care of myself. And, you know, it's not to say that I didn't 
brush my teeth and stuff in the morning. But a lot of times I see guys and it's like, a, you know, it's an afterthought. You know, I run in the bathroom. I got to leave. I brush my teeth real quick. I, 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 I mm-hmm. leave real quick. But having thir- 20 or 30 minutes of time to take a shower, take my time, shave my face if I want to shave, cut my hair, wash my face, brush my teeth, floss. It changes the level of personal respect that you have for yourself. I'm about to face the day. I'm going to have a series of business meetings. I'm going to talk to clients. I'm going to talk to parents. I'm going to talk to customers. I have prepared my mindset with a meditation practice. I've prepared my intellect with a book process. I've prepared my body with a workout. And now I've really prepared my self-confidence to meet the world in my best self. Um, I feel like that last part, which kind of sounds, I mean, oh yeah, you're going to go take a shower. Probably the biggest secret because I think it shows a different level of respect for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think it shows a different level of care and concern. And when I put my clothes on and I leave my house in the morning, I feel a thousand percent. I feel like I can conquer the world and being an entrepreneur in today's landscape, you better be a thousand percent. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of naysayers. It's not an easy life. I work a lot. And if I'm not a hundred percent Tim Crater's best, when I leave my house in the morning, the day is going to be a struggle. So that is my morning ritual. Meditation, planner, planning, reading, workout, personal hygiene. I'm out the door. This process has revolutionized my life over the last six or seven years. And I don't see enough business owners spending the time and effort to dedicate to themselves. We're the ones who are going out there and doing the 12 hour, 15 hour day. Mm -hmm. You deserve to prepare yourself mentally, physically, emotionally for that day. Otherwise you will crash. This has prevented me from Mm -hmm. crashing. Morning, I had a 6 a.m. session with brown and black belts. Didn't change the fact that I woke up at 3.30, went out, did my workout, did all my stuff, felt amazing, looked like I was going to a business meeting, showed up and wrestled for two hours. It didn't change the fact. And I do this whether I'm on the road or whether I'm home. Sometimes when I'm on the road, maybe it's a little more abbreviated, but my morning ritual has anchored my life and given me clarity where I was a little bit of a boat lost at sea before. Like, am I doing Facebook ads mm-hmm. today? What am I doing today? Oh my goodness. I hope I get everything done. I hope oh, I forgot my wife's birthday. Doesn't happen. Anymore. That is awesome. And of course I have my routine as well. And this for all the listeners, it doesn't mean that you have to do my routine or teams. You got to find your routine, whatever that is, you got to develop your routine, whatever the time you need to wake up, whatever you feel that's going to benefit your day. As I mentioned with you know, having clarity, having a purpose for the day, I have in front of me questions that I ask every day from actually Brenna Bouchard and about my productivity, about my persuasion, about my psychology, my physiologist, and like, what is my mission of today? What am I looking for? What must I accomplish today to progress my life? All things that when you mentioned that you sit, you know, for 10 minutes and really get, you know, preparing your, your, your mind for the day. I love that stuff too. And for all the listeners who hasn't done, start to figure it out, you know, start slow, start making, you know, change. When you change habits, it's not going to be that simple. As I mentioned, it's not easy in the beginning. You're not used to, and little by little, start to get used to that, that transition of adding your, your custom made routine, whatever works for you. Now, Tim, during your entrepreneurial journey, for sure, you have faced some uh, struggles. So what was the biggest struggle and what did you learn from it? I've had, you know, I think I've faced (laughs) every struggle as an entrepreneur. But when I first started out running a school and being a martial arts instructor and teaching at my academy, I struggled a lot with staff and with hiring my friends 
and my students to do stuff and to work in my academy and to teach and to, and uh, I didn't know how to be a boss. I didn't know mm-hmm. how to run a business and run a staff. And, you know, I feel like that was tough. You know, I had some guys that I lost along the way who, you know, maybe stole some money from me or whatever the case may be. And I think when we start our schools and we start our businesses in our minds, we think it's going to be this utopian, like we're all going to train every day and we're going to have enough money to pay our rent and we're going to compete. And this is going to be amazing. We're all going to fight the UFC. And uh, it's just not the reality of business. Dude, I relate to every single word that you just said. Or you just, everything, you know, as you know, I've been teaching for a long time. As you're describing, I'm like, check. Yeah, check, check. check. Everything that you just mentioned, exactly my struggle too of understanding more about staff. And this is something that for all the listeners who may be starting an entrepreneurial journey or maybe a little more advanced, you do have your staff. There's no other way around. You do not be able to reach, you know, the vision that you have for your business without support system, without, without staff. And this process of learning exactly what you said, because usually it's actually been changing a tiny bit, but usually in jujitsu, it's not you put an ad. We need a jujitsu instructor and you interview people and people come in. Now you go with people who are at the school, you know, and you just go from there. And that, yeah, a lot of men, everything that you just said, yeah, I, I lived and I still do because I, I do own my school and I need to keep improving and evolving my leadership skills, my interpersonal skills and all the listeners as an entrepreneur should do the same. Now, Tim, what made you flip the switch though? Because at some point you said, dude, I got to change this. When was this moment? I had to be a real business owner. I had to have an employee manual. I had to set the right expectations. Understanding that even though these, my staff were friends of mine and people that I knew, that if they wanted to work here, there was certain stipulations mm-hmm. to work here, just like any other job. And they were gonna be paid a certain way and they had a certain amount of off days and they had a certain amount of personal days and a certain amount of vacation days. And, um, you know, I stopped hiring people to come into my academy, teach a class and then leave. And I started hiring people to come take care of my academy because I opened my academy so that I could teach. Like I wanted to teach. Well, mm-hmm. no one wants to work here to clean the bathrooms. So if I hire a bunch of people to teach, then who's going to clean the bathrooms? Well, then I'm going to have to clean the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. That's not why I wanted to do jujitsu and run my jujitsu school. So learning how to hire staff to come into my facility and work an eight hour shift that included social media management, answering the phone, signing people up for agreements, teaching classes, meeting with new clients, cleaning the bathrooms, cleaning the mats, um, and creating a real job for jujitsu instructors. Yeah. Um, you know, some guys didn't really want to have that job, which is fine. It made it easier to figure out who to hire and who not to hire. But once I hired people for a job and was actually a real boss and paid people the right way and had a real business, my life became a lot easier. There were expectations there were checklists, there were follow-ups, there were conversations that needed to be had sometimes with people, but I began running my business like a business instead of like a hobby, and it started paying like a business. And to be honest, my relationship with a lot of those guys got a lot better because they were held accountable, they knew the deal before it started, um, and some of them went on to work at other places later on in their life. And those places called me for a job reference. And instead of me saying, yeah, he showed up here two or three times a week and taught a jiu-jitsu class. I was able to tell those people, yes, he worked here for me 40 hours a week. He was incredible. He handled sales, operations. 
He did a lot of ordering and a lot of our inventory. Uh, he also, and he gave me the ability to really give these guys amazing recommendations and, and pay them a real job and then send them on and prepare them for lives and for, for job opportunities that were amazing in their life. And they're still training here at my academy. Uh, so I was a little nervous to make that transition, you know, because they're my friends and they're my students and I don't want it to be weird and they're going to be mad at me and I don't want to be the bad guy. And so I'll clean the bathrooms for the next 30 years. When I finally had the confidence and courage to treat this like a real business and hold them accountable, like I'm held accountable to the landlord or to the light company. I mean, I can't call them and say, I don't really want to pay it this month. You know, um, they respected me a lot more and our relationships got way better. And I'm regretful that it took me so long to figure out how to run a business effectively because, you know, there's a couple guys early on that maybe I lost that had I done this earlier, I could have saved them and I could have helped them out a lot. And they're, they might have their own schools now and they're struggling, but they're struggling because the way they learned to do it, early on when I was doing it was the wrong way. And now I'm doing it a different way, a better way. And they were never here for this way. They were here for the old way, which wasn't the right way in my opinion. And so, um, you had to have, had to have the courage to, to run my business like a business and not like a hobby. And it made a difference. Man, I relate 100% with every little word that he said. You know what I mean? I've been, teaching in the United States. I started teaching jujitsu in 1995, but I've been in the United States since 99 and has been that the growing pains of from like, Hey, I'm, this is just my gig. I do jujitsu and you know, I make, you know, that's it. It's fun. And like you said, you go to tournaments, all that. And then as you start evolving at an entrepreneur and then you start taking some beatings, I was like, Oh, hello. You know, now it's time to start changing. And, and you talk about reading, I would not be where I'm at in my professional life if I didn't expand my mind to read books, to go to seminars, to go to conventions, to get audiobooks. There's no way. There's no way I would be where I'm at. And this is a great, I think, tip for the entrepreneurs right now or aspiring entrepreneurs who maybe they're not taking the time for your education if you're not investing time, not even saying, of course, invest money, but if you don't have the money, invest your time. There's so much free content on the internet. So at least invest your time to start. Had an interview with Vince from Shory Roll when he mentioned about sharpening your mind, you know, to be consistently, dude, let me, let me look at this. How can I do this better? And you're only going to be able to do this, you know, reading, going out of your way. So has been, I improved a lot in my past two years, past especially the past one. And nowadays, I'm, I'm in a position that I'm still got a lot to grow, but I have like probably 40 classes per week and I don't teach anymore. I don't teach any classes. So to get to the point to create the system, man, a lot of, you know, took a lot of beatings. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I teach uh, maybe three four classes a week at my academy and we have about 50 classes a week and I only teach. And sometimes when I tell people that they're like, what, how can you do that? And, uh, you know, I don't know how to say like, man, you know, it's not a business. If when I remove you from it, it doesn't yes. work anymore. It's not a business. You really just created a job for yourself and I'm not interested in having a job. I'm interested in having a business where, Yes, there are nights I want to teach and I come in and I mm -hmm. teach, but it's because I want to do that. Yes, it's exactly. not, I'm not forced to, I, I can easily have another instructor teach, no problem. And it happens all the time. I have to, you know, I, I got called to Vegas to the UFC coaching summit. I got to go out there for a week to do, I don't even know what I'm doing, but it's no problem. No one's worried about it. When I show up and I teach though at my academy, 80 people show up, like there's people everywhere because it's a special thing now. It's like mm -hmm. a, a big deal. It's like a, Tim's going to be teaching. And I'm thinking <laughs> in my mind, like, who cares? I'm not even sure I'm worth all these people. Being here. <laughs> but when I'm there every day, you know, familiarity 
I get you, man. You know, it's awesome. So we're getting close to the end. I have this drilling round with some questions that are just quick answers. And this one is, what is the best advice you've ever received? George Ross at a real estate negotiating convention asked us at the end of the seminar, this was years ago, what are the three things that all successful people are? And I never raised my hand because I knew I didn't know the answer. But a lot of people said motivated, uh, dedicated, inspirational, hardworking. And um, he shaked his head and said, he said the three things that all my friends who are billionaires are is frustrated, confused, and overwhelmed. We are frustrated because we can't get done every single thing we know we need to do to be as successful as we know we can be if we could get everything done. We are confused because we can't learn every single thing we know we need to know so that we can be our best selves. And we are overwhelmed because we're trying to do all of those things and still balance our life, our family, and our finances. If you're happy and you're comfortable and you're on your couch, you're not successful. Everybody doing anything that I know is frustrated, confused, and overwhelmed. So if you're not those things, figure out a way to get there quick. And so that just, I remember feeling like, great, <laughs> because I'm for sure all those things. So yep. every day in my morning meditation, when I feel like frustrated and confused and overwhelmed, I always remind myself that those things mean you're on the right track. They mean you're pushing. They mean you're still doing the right things. And when you stop feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and confused, that's when you really need to start worrying. That is awesome. Now, what advice would you give it to the younger Tim? And when you found that spark, it'd be like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, when you have one chance to tell him like, hey, dude, by the way, this. Focus on self-improvement. Mm-hmm. I think we focus a lot on the wrong things. And if I think about me at 40, and I really didn't start focusing on dedicating myself to self-improvement. I mean, the most important thing in my life and my businesses is between my ears. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I was leaving that process to chance. Like I was not reading books and studying people and I was not like I really wasn't I look back and I'm not to say that I'm I regret because I don't regret we all have our path but if I could tell myself something at 18 years old I would say pick up think and grow rich and go all in on self-improvement and making you the best you you can ever be don't worry about failure don't worry about what people think and don't worry about what people say. Go all in on building the best you for the rest of your life. Because just the last seven years of doing that has yielded ridiculous results. I lost 13, maybe 14. Um, that's what I would tell myself. Man. Think and grow rich, go all in on self-education. And that would actually go with, uh, I don't know if that's the book you like to recommend you know, to the listeners. I don't know if this is the one or have, you know, another book that you'd like to recommend and why, you know, you feel that this is a good book, kind of, especially because you read a lot, it's tough for you to pick one. It is tough. But uh, maybe a book that are like, man, after that, it really kind of like, you know, you kind of, you know, just open up your eyes in a different way. So I think a lot of people recommend Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great book. It really started a lot for me, but... As a martial arts and jiu-jitsu instructor, um, you know, this book in the wrong hands ain't the greatest for people. But um, Influence and the Art of Persuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini will go down in history as one of the most revolutionary books I've ever read. Um, it is a lot about how to utilize your influence and your experience with people to create a greater sense of trust and of friendship. Now, 
in the wrong hands, that book can be used for. I can totally see that. But in the right hands, like I'm, tr- I am actively engaged in building children in my community to be their best selves. I am actively engaged in using jujitsu and MMA as a tool to create people into stronger people and build this society into something better than it was when I got here. So I feel like a book in that person's hand, this book in that person's hand can have amazing results. Dr. Robert Cialdini has a couple books after that, but Influence and Persuasion really, for me, opened my eyes to- I want to check it out. My lack of ability in Mm -hmm. those areas and how just reciprocity influence and things like that can- As a leader, you have to master that. Just go a long way in giving me the ability to build lifelong trust-based relationships with people that I care about. And I want them to have a wonderful relationship with me, like I have with Rodrigo. I want to give that to other people. Mm-hmm. I want to look at my students one day and them say, the least of things Tim ever gave me was a black belt. That's what I want for my relationship with my students. And this book has given me the ability to kind of start Amazing. finding ways to do that. And last question, what are you currently excited about? What's going on? I got an invitation yesterday to the UFC coaching summit. Sweet. I don't even know what the hell that is. At the Institute in Vegas? Yeah. That place is badass, dude, by the way. I've been there. Uh, One of my friends, Forrest Griffin, works there. So I've been there a couple times, but I'm not sure what it is they're doing. There's obviously a big new deal with ESPN that just happened this week. ESPN is going to be running UFC fights. And um, I've been been contracted by the UFC a number of times to go out there and speak to fighters uh, who are getting towards the end of their career about business and about entrepreneurship and about opening their own gyms and, you know, training fighters and all that. I've done that a number of times. And, uh, you know, this is just an opportunity to go there and figure out what the UFC has in store to kind of help us as coaches for the most part, mm-hmm. those of us who train MMA athletes and UFC fighters, we're on our own, man. We're an Island. Like there's not really anybody to talk to. Like we kind of friends with some mm-hmm. of the coaches out there, but like, I don't know, like we all, none of us really come up under another coach, like in jujitsu, you don't come up under another MMA coach, really. You kind of do, but, you know, I had Rodrigo, I had a boxing coach, I had a wrestling mm-hmm. coach. Most of us didn't really have somebody putting it all together like we're yeah. doing today. So a lot of us are kind of islands. We kind of have each other's phone numbers and we talk to each other, but our guys fight each other, so it's kind of weird. I know what you mean. Uh, but I have Duke Rufus and a couple other guys that I talk to a lot, James Krause, and uh, having the ability to go spend four or five days – with a bunch of guys in my industry who understand our struggle with fighters, our struggle with our businesses. How do we interact with the UFC? We're the intermediary between fighters and the manager and the business. And how do we, what do we do about this fighters union thing? And Oh my God, like what do we do here? And so having an organization like the UFC try to bring us all together and educate us and, and build something special and, pour into us is incredible. So I'm super excited about that. Cool. And man, this has been a great interview, by the way, for the listeners. After the end of the interview, I'll do my final thoughts. So stick around. And I just want you, just a final message to the listeners and where they can find you, know a little bit more about you. Uh, Yeah, my name is Tim Crater. I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I'm an entrepreneur. And most importantly, I'm a husband to the greatest wife in the world and a father of three. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Tim Crater, or you can find me on Instagram at Tim Crater. My last name spelled C-R-E-D-E-U-R. If you're an entrepreneur out there and you're a jiu-jitsu guy or an MMA fighter, I know one thing that you struggled with, and I struggle with it too, and it's emotional intelligence. And if you can find a way to get some books and get some education and learn about the art of emotional intelligence. It will change your relationships and it will change your business. I could go on and on. And if you need any help 
tell or everybody. Or you have any questions, you can hit me up. DM me. I'll get back to everybody. Thank you for having me, Gustavo. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed listening to you. You're a big inspiration for me. You always have been. And thank you for having me on the podcast today. It's an honor, my friend. And I wish you all the best. Thank you, Tim. And at some point, you will be back because, <laughs> you know, we could go on and on with this conversation. He especially started talking about emotional intelligence. We need maybe at least two more hours. On and on. <laughs> Stay tuned for the final thoughts. Woos. Now, let me share with you the final thoughts of the interview. I felt Tim did awesome, did a great, dropped a lot of good knowledge, a lot of good information, a lot of positive messages. And one of them was a suggestion to create your own morning routine. If you already have one, maybe you should be asking yourself, do I want to add anything to it? Do I want to remove anything from it? And consistency is going to be a key element during this process. As the motivational speaker Jim Rome said, what is easy to do is also easy not to do. When you know that you have a book next to your bed that I can read at any time, I'll read tomorrow. And I believe the book, The Slight Edge, Turning Simple Disciplines into Massive Success. They mention about the compound effect that if you read 10 pages per day at the end of the year, you'll have 3,650 pages. That represent about 15 books, depending on the size. But you know what I mean? You get the point. The compound effect of your simple daily healthy disciplines will benefit you in a positive way. There's no way it's going to hurt you unless you're doing unhealthy disciplines and habits. My ritual is not as long as Tim's, and at this moment of my career, I do my best to sleep seven hours per night. Doesn't matter how they're going to happen. I used to sleep a lot less in different moments of my career, and it was really affecting my energy, and now I make sure that I sleep well. When I wake up, I don't check my phone. I just get grab some water and go to my office, lay in the carpet, and I do my stretching for about 15, about 20 minutes, and watching YouTube, some positive information on personal development. Then I start to listen to audiobooks during the process of getting you know, breakfast and just uh, getting situated. Then I stop and meditate about the day, very similar to what, what Tim was mentioning. After that, I set up my tasks, and that's about it. And you can do the same. You can set up a five-minute morning routine, and eventually, if you want to add more to it, you can. But doing a little bit is better than nothing. Gary Vee said one is better than zero. You know, the five minutes, I feel that little by little with a compound effect going, you might be surprised with your results, so why not give it a try? So I'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.